0: the word is, trust me, what I'm going to give you right now, outweighs prophecy by 200%. This is the sure word of prophecy. Many need that God's you in your stool how I say from the NG Kerk of AFM, whatever. I love AFM, but uh, God is bringing a awakening there. Uh, Isaiah 42 verse 9 Behold, Say with me, the former things have come to pass and new things I declare. Say with me, a new things I declare. Then look at this. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. How does He tell you of them? Say with you by His prophets. God does nothing unless He reveals it to his servants, the prophets, trust me on this one. He doesn't bring a new move into the body. He doesn't bring a new doctrine. He doesn't do nothing unless it is revealed to his servants, the prophets. Now I'm going to be preaching something tonight, but oh God, you need to be, oh, you need to, you need to not backslide on this one. I think we're even going to delete it afterwards because this shouldn't be, this shouldn't be, for just anyone. Say with me a new thing. Isaiah, let's go to 43 verse 19. Isaiah 43 verse 19. Isaiah 43 verse 19. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now, say with me now. It shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? Go 1 Samuel 7 verse 13. 1 Samuel 7 verse 13. I'm going to let Scripture speak Scripture tonight. Uh, the Lord said to me, speak about the power of my right hand and my two hands. So the Philistines were subdued and they did not come anymore. Say with him, my enemy is subdued. Listen to this. And they did not come in into the territory of Israel. And the hand, say with him, the hand of the Lord was against the Philistines All the days of Samuel, which means God is saying, I am pushing your enemy out of a territory because I have a prophet in the midst. Say with you, the hand of the Lord. Because of Samuel. So let's get into the hand of the Lord. Are you guys with me? The sound is a bit thin up here. I don't know uh, if we can somehow... um, just uh, when I say thin, um, it's just be feeling thin to me. So let's, let, let's go on. Let's go 1 Peter 1 verse 5. I want to read the Scripture. Please, 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 please be awakened tonight. The Scripture will, this, this word I'm giving you is going to spark your spirit alive. Don't worry about the time. Get out of time. Get out of time. You don't have any services until Sunday. Okay. And this, you're not going to get at a instead sensitive church. So many of them are fighting me and fighting us and they had meetings in Cape Town about us and we must stop Leon's doctrine and, you know. So we at least we're making a noise. What doctrine? He's preaching the gospel. Let's just get over the jealousy right now from that's actually what it is. It's, uh huh? So, so, I spoke on Sunday. Say with 100% submission. People ask, and we have a lot of people coming to us. Why is this happening? Okay, we plan at Cape Town. We plan at St. John, we plan Cape Town, and we plan at Durban. Durban is when we go, not next week, the week after that, it'll be packed. It'll really be packed every service. Um, Cape Town is a 1,000 people when we go there. And... uh People ask, what is, what is it? What is it? Is it the lights? Is it this? You're going to see tonight why I'm speaking about submission. There's something called 100%. You see, people don't want to submit. It's pride. Because they can do it their way. Well, your way has not been working. You try working and ramping this church up, but nothing is happening. And then you wonder, maybe I should just get once laid hands on and importation. It doesn't work like that. There is something that is 100% submission that God looks at. When I say 100%, it's not forced. It's not control in any way. Uh, 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 uh. But it is where God honors and He doesn't even really care the one that you submit to. It's not even about if that one is great or not. It is the level of your submission. That's why even David submitted to a soul that tried to kill him. I submitted to a soul. Trust me. Did they desire to become a soul? No, they didn't. But the Lord said to me, I'm sure that was never in the plan. It's nothing of the heart, but there is another working of God at hand. That many Christians have called Satan for too long. Just stay with me so that you can understand secrets and mysteries. Are you guys with me? So, when I was serving my spiritual father, he began to turn into a David and a Saul relationship. But I had to carry on and not touch the Lord's anointed. And don't, I, I can't speak these things publicly. But people throw their toys out of the cot or tantrums. Oh, Prophet Leon never talks to us. He doesn't greet me off to the service. You know, and they cry and they moan. And then they leave the church and they go to one say the name of the other church and they go to the other church. And it's great and big and then they realize there's no glory. Oh, it's exciting, it's light, but there's no prophetic revelation. I didn't tell you a prophet's spirit can be reincarnated like I did on Sunday night. Okay. But what am, I do, what am I, and I'm not saying reincarnation. Please, we don't believe in reincarnation. I'm just giving you a doctrine that was in the New Testament. Very simple. And I read you scripture of the scripture of the scripture. You read it yourself on the screen. And we can't come against Jesus' words. But it's the spirit. There's difference to the spirit and the soul. It's a big difference, so people get confused. It's the spirit of a prophet that is dangerous. Trust me. If the Bible says believe in the Lord your God and you shall be established, but believe in His prophets and you shall, say with me, shall, shall prosper. Which means it is not even a choice or a matter that can be discussed it is sealed in the heavens that God is saying, I am part of my prophets and my prophets is part of me. That there's a spirit of the prophets. It's called the spirit of Elijah. That's why we sing, it's the days of Elijah. Are you guys with me? What will religion do? Tell you, oh, don't listen to these prophets. Never listen to somebody that talks that stuff. Because they know it is prophets that makes the body prosper. Trust me, are you guys with me? It is only with a prophet that God can make somebody travel 10 hours, 8 hours, 4 hours, whatever it is, to come for a word specifically on a certain thing. And a prophet God will speak to by vision or dream or audibly. And very meticulously and specifically give the detail about that person. And if you, as somebody is a pastor or a teacher, it doesn't. They can pray and pray and pray. Doesn't matter how much they fast or pray. God does not speak the same way. It is grace gifts. Why has God done this with encounter? Okay, we're in a small building here, but we have planted a few churches. What is it with Encounter? What is it that, for example, let's say Cape Town is growing. Durban hasn't even started. They got everything. I mean, we haven't launched Durban at all. They got their services going already. Yet other people can take 15 years and they don't get it right. And I'm speaking about the majority of people. It's grace. I didn't have a thought to plant a church. I didn't have a desire. I had an angel visiting me. And when the angel visited me to tell me to plant the church, I didn't want to plant a church. I was fine in doing my ministry. An angel visited me to plant the church. My oversight has never sent anyone out. And the Lord said, you shall submit and stay until they send you. So but there's no trace record of It Doesn't matter, God said, say, submit, and I will speak to them. God visited me. I had many visitations. But then with the church, an angel came. I call him the angel of encounter. Trust me. If he comes into the place, you will know he's here. What makes encounter grow? It's the angel of encounter. you would be like, oh, but they're just talking about angels. It's fine. Go to another church. We're not just, we're talking about reality. God sits on His throne. He's not he's, He has a system working for Him. And that system is called angels. Is that load shedding? Switching over. Okay. So let's, let's go on. Let, let's go on. 1 Peter 1, verse 5. I need this revelation to get through to you because are, are you awake? Yeah. 1 Peter, we'll pray for everyone. Right. Uh, don't worry. Listen to this. What am I speaking? I'm speaking about a new thing. So it, it says this: who are kept by the power of God through faith. Is so everything kept by? Yeah. Now listen: something is kept by. The power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed. So they revealed in the last time. So there's a salvation that is ready to be revealed in an age and a time later than what Peter spoke about. Please listen. Are you guys with me? Let's hear Colossians 1 verse 26. Colossians 1 verse 26. Even the mystery. So what is this thing that has been revealed? Even the mystery which has been hid from the ages and from generations, put in the King James Version, from generations. But now, say with me now, is made manifest. You're not listening. Let me read it over again. Even this mystery, say with me a mystery. It means that there are things that only some can tap into and others cannot tap into. There is a mystery about you That if you get this mystery, hmm, have your seats, even the mystery which has been hid from the ages and from generations. But Paul is saying, but now it is made manifest to whom? Let's go on. What is this mystery? Verse 27. To whom God would make known, What is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles? So he's saying, Paul is saying, so God will make known this mystery that I'm telling you about. Among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory? Romans 8.29. I'm just reading to you some scriptures to lay a foundation. Romans 8.29. Please you need to listen to this word. This will determine a dimension that will be opened up to you. For whom He did for foreknow, He also did predestinate. Meaning there was a predestination for your life. To be conformed, to be made the same, to be changed into the image of His son so that his son might be the firstborn among many brethren so he's saying he is predestined for you to be changed into the image and the likeness of his son so that his son will be the firstborn of many brethren so that when Christ comes that he is the pattern son so that when we come after Him and we receive Him, that we become just like Him. Hebrews two verse ten. Hebrews two verse ten. For it became Him that He also are we, uh, Hebrews two verse ten. For it became Him for whom are all things, and by whom are all things. Say so with me, all things. Does it say some things? So does that include the devil? Okay. Are you guys with me? Please stay awakened with this revelation so that you can understand when we get to the punchline. If I preach this word to you correct and if you receive it correct, there'll be electricity all over this place. I'm giving to you a new thing that God is doing. He's finished with the old thing. The old thing is... We worship and we wait for the glory to come in. And okay, the glory isn't coming in this week. Let's wait maybe next week, the glory to come in. It doesn't come in. Okay, the heavens are shut. No, 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 let's, let's pray the heavens open. So we go into a warfare prayer for eight hours and we bind some principality over some city. And then we make up another principality and we bind that principality. And then we think it is some witchcraft against us. Yet, Paul is trying to say there is a mystery which I'm trying to tell you. That when Christ died, there are sons of light that is birthed. That Jesus says, I go to my Father, to the house of my Father, to prepare many mansions to prepare what? Many dwelling places, you and I. So He's prepared you as a house, so that the fullness of God can come and dwell in you. That wherever you go, where you walk, where you talk, there's an open heaven. That you are walking, talking Eden. You are a living stone. Are you guys with me? Wherever you go, that you realize that it's not God coming down, but it is God coming out. That when you open your mouth, it is the presence coming out. But it is caught by revelation. So many of the church want to sing him down when he's coming out of us. Listen here, when you feel the atmosphere shift, what is it? It is you who are spiritual that is shifting the atmosphere with the river coming out of you. And somebody else next to you, what's so do-it is dead like a stop street ball. That cannot receive God because the spirit is dead. They sit under a church that has preach them dead. What has happened? Your spirit has the ability to change the atmosphere and carry an atmosphere. They think, Okay, God is visiting. No, 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 God is coming out of you. Are you guys with me? I will open you the window of heaven, I will open you the window. Of heaven to pour out such a blessing. Where? Out of you. He said, I will open you. Many of you have not been opened. Have you seen? For it became to Him, for whom all things, there will be all things, and by whom or all things in bringing many sons unto glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect. So there's a perfection of salvation. Trust me that the church has hid from you, has lied to you about. They have kept the key of knowledge. And say so every week you need to come for deliverance. The reason you need deliverance is because you don't believe in the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you guys with me? 1 John 3 verse 2. I haven't even started with the sermon. I'm just trying to lay a foundation so that you can understand where we're going. Because when I explain to you the hands of God, you will understand the workings of God. And the presence of God is very strong on me. But I need this message to come through that when we impart to you, that electricity. I'm not there for people to fake fall over. So if you're sitting here and you're visiting, you think you fake? No, no, no. Don't, don't fall over. The power, trust me. God is more than able. I don't push no one. You know, some people gently sit. No, just God will push you. Are you guys with me? Many people can't because their flesh is like there's pride. They're not allowing God. They're not surrendering. Their eyes are not on things eternal but on things temporal. Their eyes are not on the spirit but on the natural. So they too surround it. They think of this one, think of that one, think of this one. And the glory cannot touch them. It takes a healing and a surrender in your spirits. So never do me a favor to fall over for the sake of the preacher, never. Trust me, a preacher can sense when they stand in front of somebody where there's glory or not. Many people do the courtesy drop. You know, they pull their clothes right at the bottom. They gently get, no, 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 we can feel when we release the anointing or not. And obviously there's the genuine, where there's genuine power. But many just like, okay, this is how everybody's doing it. Let me just sit down. God isn't doing anything. This is not a religion. This is not a game. Be real till He touches you real. But don't be resistant or rebellious. Be open. Be hungry. I pray that a holy hunger will grip your heart when we pray for importation tonight. That you will weep in His presence again. That you'll understand the Christ that I'm preaching to you, which Paul preached. Christ in you, the hope of glory. That you'll not come into a place and pray and hope, where's God? I'm praying to a God far out. No, He is living. Sometimes we think it's the Holy Ghost in us and that's all. No, it's the fullness of the Godhead that is in you. And you are in Him. And you are complete in Him. And He is in you. Perfect, nothing lacking, nothing missing, complete. Are you guys with me? Let's, let's go deeper. Where well, we? want John 3 verse 2. Beloved, now listen to this. Now are we the sons of God. And it does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when He shall appear, We shall, say with me, we shall be like Him. In the Greek it reads like this. We will realize we are just like Him when we see Him appear. You think you are a natural person that is coming to church to have a spiritual experience. No, 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 you are a spiritual experience that unfortunately... Came to this earth and you're having a natural experience at home or at work you are a spiritual person a spiritual experience that is unfortunately having a natural experience are you guys with me you are a spirit you have a soul and you live in a body say so me I am a spirit God speaks spirits that is why we pray in tongues because it is the baptism of the Holy Ghost, so that when I pray, I pray the perfect will of God. It is no longer I that pray, but it is the Spirit that prays through me. The perfect will, the utterances, making intercession on my behalf with groanings and intercessions. Are you guys with me? Now let's go on. One John four verse seventeen. Now you know these scriptures if you've been with us year in. One John four seventeen. Year in is our love made perfect. How is love made perfect? So the love made perfect. Herein is love made perfect. That we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Hold on with me. Are you guys with me? He's saying when you stand in on of the throne, there'll be no judgment for Christians. There'll be a reward today, but many fear and they think they're gonna have judgment because they don't understand a certain revelation. He says in this revelation, you're made perfect. Your love would be made perfect. That we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as He is, so are we in this world. As He is, so are we in this world. Oh, but I thought I'm going to be changed when I go to heaven. Religion has robbed you of so many things. Are you guys with me? Let's go on. So with these secret things, I'm not gonna get into more. I'm gonna have many other more scriptures, but regarding this, I'm gonna get into, I don't wanna get into more scriptures. Jesus said, I speak in parables so that I may hide things from those whose hearts are not right. You see, as I scan over the crowd, you know, I can see people that are hungry. And I can see like a handful that's like, you know, sort of, there's like a bit of a glaze over them unable to receive because a veil is over them. They have not seen Jesus. But Paul is saying in the book of Hebrews, which I believe Paul writes, he says, but we have seen, but we see Jesus. The moment the veil is lifted from you, how is the veil lifted? You need to be in a spiritful place where prophetic revelation comes out that can awaken your spirit. I've been in mega churches, trust me, it's dead. I'm not saying all of them. One, I was with Pastor Allen at, I thought my soul has gone to hell. of His secret things. Let me get into, into this revelation. The hands of God. Very few understand the hands of God. And I need to try to explain this. This is something the Lord literally only spoke to me this morning about. Maybe last night this morning, actually this morning, and said to me, "Preach on the two hands of God." And there's a hidden hand which I'm not going to get into, but there's two hands because the Bible says that your left hand no, I know not know which your right hand There's a hidden hand. So through the hands of God, so the Scripture we see the right hand of God, we see the left hand of God. Very few people understand the mystery or the hidden mystery in the hands of God. So right means this. Every time the word right is used in relation to hand, it means this. It's yamim in the Hebrew, but it means stronger. So it would be stronger. More dexterous. That's what it means. So it means stronger, fierce, and more dexterous. Then you have the left hand of God. Left is another Hebrew word which I'm not going to get into, but it means Dark. So, we call it the dark side of God. I want you to stay with me through a train of thought. So, you have the good side of God, and you have the dark side of God. Never think God is only good. Because what we think is good is not good. He's clothed in darkness, the Bible says. God clothes Himself in darkness. What we think, we think darkness is evil. Are you guys with me? God clothes Himself in darkness. Darkness is not evil. We think something is evil because we listen to what has been told to us. I can mess you up even just when it comes to the Garden of Eden. If you know when the book of Genesis was written, you'll be shocked. So people think Adam was Adam and Eve was Eve and they took the apple and they ate the fruit. No. And we've preached on it. If you're in our church, you know. That's what you learn in Bible school. Let's go beyond elementary school. I mean Sunday school. Campos Engheer Church Sunday school that Eve didn't take the fruit. Eve listened to words spoken by a tree that is not a tree, but a man, a person. And the garden, there was three trees. You had the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You had the tree of life. And you had all the other trees where the fig tree has also come back involved, but the fig tree was connected with the tree of knowledge. So you had three trees. And same way you have a spiritual man, a natural man, and a carnal man. So were there three types of people in the garden of Eden? And Adam listened to the law, which is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which is also the fig tree. That is why they covered themselves in figs, because they tried to use the law to cover up sin. That is why when Jesus stood in front of the fig tree, he cursed it from its roots meaning all the way back from the tree when you came in by Eden. I curse you from there. And the Bible says the next day, the tree was pulled up out of its roots, meaning that the law has been pulled up out of from the garden of Eden. Are you guys with me? So let's go on. So say with your left hand, say right hand. So I'm maturing I'm a revelation. I literally got it just today. So, Psalm 16, verse 11. Psalm 16, verse 11. I pray that the Holy Spirit will really help me in this regard. Thou will show me the path of life. In Thy presence is of joy. At Thy right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Lord said to me to preach this message and preach new creation realities till the poverty is out of people. And you'll understand what I mean by the right hand of God. So the pleasures forevermore. He says, at my right hand is fullness of joy, is pleasures forevermore. This is God's right hand. Are you guys with me? Psalm 118, you can put it on, but I'm just gonna read it. Psalm 118, let me read it for the sake of time. The voice of rejoicing and salvation in the tabernacle of the righteous, the right hand of the Lord does valiantly. The right hand of the Lord is exalted. I'm gonna go on, let's go Isaiah 41 verse 10. Isaiah 41 verse 10, put it on the screen, but I will just read it for the sake of time. Fear not, for I am with you, Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my right hand of my righteousness. We have been made in the righteousness of God. So His right hand upholds you, but God is a left hand. The left hand represents the dark side of God. Let's read. Let's go Matthew 25, verse 31. I'm going to let the Scripture into the Scriptures. Are you guys okay with me? Matthew 25, verse 31. If I mess up something, eschatology, don't worry about that. Just worry about the prophetic revelation that's going to come out. That's all. Okay. Don't think too much of now. End times. When the Son of Man shall come in His glory, I'm gonna read and I'm gonna highlight certain words by saying it loud. When the Son of Man shall come in His glory and all the holy angels with Him, then shall He sit upon the throne of His glory. And before Him shall be gathered all nations, and He shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. Is that what it says up there? Okay, I just wanna make sure I'm gonna the right translation. And He shall set the sheep on His right hand but the goats on the left then shall the king sound to them on his right hand come blessed of my father in here say with me come so the right hand shall say come Blessed are my foreigner, the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungered and you gave me meat; I was thirsty and you gave me drink; I was a stranger and you looked, took me in; naked and you clothed me; I was sick and you visited me. I'm not going to get into all this because this is speaking of works. This is nothing to do really with judgment in this regard. Let's go on to or let me carry on saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry? When we fed you or thirsty? When gave you drink? When saw you as a stranger and took you in or naked and clothed you? Or when did we see you? seek or in prison and came unto you and the king shall answer and say unto them verily I say unto you inasmuch as you have done it unto the least of one of these my brothers say my brothers so Jesus is speaking you have done it unto me so you are the brothers of Jesus remember what did I say God is our father Jesus is our brother Holy Spirit is our friend are you guys with me? God is our Father. Jesus is our brother. Holy Spirit is our friend. You have done it unto me. Then shall he say also unto them, on the left hand, so with the left hand, depart from me. So right hand says come. Left hand say depart. Right hand pulls you. Left hand pushes you. Are you guys with me? The two hands of God represents the dealings of God in your life. Are you guys with me? Just over here, let's go to Psalm 111 verse 7. 111 verse 7. So let me explain like this. God has two hands. He has a good side and He has a dark side. I know a lot of theologians are going to try to come against us, but they, if you go and study, you will understand what we're saying. So God has a positive and He has a negative. Are you guys with me? He has a positive, He has a negative. A battery must have a positive and a negative to have a charge. Nothing in the universe can exist without a positive and a negative. God has a positive and a negative. He has a right hand and He has a left hand. And He has to have a balance Or He has to have both to bring a balance to someone's life. Psalm 111 verse 7. The works of His hands, say with me His hands, of verity and judgment. So this is what it's saying. The works of His hands are truth and judgment. So the right one is truth. The left one is judgment. When I lay hands on people, I use my right hand. I never use my left hand. The left hand is judgment. I have tried my left hand and the anointing doesn't flow. I, I promise you right now. It's true. Anybody that's worth a salt in the anointing, that knows the anointing, will understand. Those who have never flowed in the anointing, oh, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Well, have you ever knocked anybody over in the Spirit? Never. What are you talking about? We know you lift up this hand. Like electricity. You lift up this one, it's like Holy Ghost, where are you? There's nothing. Huh? Sorry? I called Hitler left that. Of course. So so with me, truth and righteousness. I want to go on, but I want to go quick through this so you can get the revelation and we can pray for you. Let's go, let me explain. I'm going to use scriptures to explain. Let's go to Jeremiah 51 verse 7. Listen to this. So God has a dark side and He has a good side. Problem is all of us want His good side and we don't understand the other side of God. There's another side of God that when you understand this, you will stop calling Satan everything Satan. And you will understand that Satan is employed by God. Just hold on. The Bible says, an evil, God sent an evil spirit to Saul to torment him. Hold on. God sent a demon to Saul to torment him? The demon that you want out, hold on. Jeremiah 51 verse 7, listen to this, listen to this. Babylon has been a golden cup. Say Babylon. Everybody knows Babylon is negative. Babylon has been a golden cup in the Lord's hand that made all the earth drunken. Are you guys with me? So Babylon is in the Lord's hands, but say with me a golden cup. So Babylon is used in God's hands. His one hand, his left hand. go with me to Revelation 116. Revelation 116. Read this for me. And he? Stop this. seven stars. So he had in his right hand seven stars. Let's go on to the next verse. I'm looking for something here. Next one. Next one, say seven stars. Next one, the mystery of the seven stars which you saw in my right hand and the seven golden candlesticks. The seven stars are the angels of heaven, it doesn't say angels, then the actual language It's supposed to say this, that the seven stars are messengers, ministries of the seven churches. So God is saying in my left hand, I have Babylon, the worldly system. But in my right hand, I've got churches, ministers, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. So hold on God, you have in your left hand, you have the world. In your right hand, you have seven churches. Have, have your seats. Let, 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 let's go on. Go through to Job 1. Let's mess up more. Job 1 verse 1. Job 1 verse 1. There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. And that man was perfect. I can sit for hours and open up the word, but I won't. I'll just be short on this one, but I need you to catch the revelation. And that man was perfect and upright and one that feared God. And his, this man loved God. He was upright and they were born, verse 2, and they were born unto Him seven sons and three daughters. His substance, say with me, His riches, also was 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 she-asses, she, female donkeys probably, and a very great household. So that this man... Was the greatest of all the men of the east. So God created a man and put him in a garden in the east of the garden. Job in the east. Okay, don't worry about that. So he was the greatest. Imagine everyone that's close to God, was rich. Abram was so rich, he couldn't even dwell with his friend Lot in one land. A land couldn't contain them. And we're like, I can't have petrol to come on a Sunday. We have people that's like, you know, oh God, I can't tell it on. Not, not, not I speak of ministers. I can't do, afford this. I can't afford that. How, do, how, how, does, how did Lloyd do it? How did this one, we just do it. I never a minister mustn't be around me and say they can't afford this imagine Pastor Stephen is now a minister of a church I can't afford a ticket to come up you must be fired removed from your pulpit because everybody's gonna have what you have so if you're not blessed why is it that white people cannot understand this thing Black people can understand it. White people, can, white people want their ministers to be cursed and poor. Why do you think you're struggling? Many of you don't think you're struggling. Oh, it's okay. There's a curse on white people, I'm telling you. In South Africa, there's a curse. They cannot rejoice in the prosperity of someone else black people whether black is right or white is right in today's language we don't know in America they say I'm not allowed to say black I'm not allowed to say African I'm not allowed to say African American what must I say (laughs) you know um, that's America for you Uh, I'm like I I just I'm from South Africa I don't know what what you're talking about just, I can't be part of your, your stuff. Okay, so black understands. White, no. How does the pastor take so much money? We don't take money. He doesn't deserve this. I'll bring my two rands or my five rand on a Sunday. Many of you come out of the Engie Church and you kept the 10 rand note there for many years. <laughs> and then you're wondering why. Reynard has it. When you're wondering why, you are struggling now. Money has no hold. Anybody that has been close to me has seen money come like this through my hands. i would get 50,000, 100,000. That's a lot of money. Get it like this. Like this, if somebody else needed it there. It has no hold over me. Somebody would come and give their car and would say, no, God is saying no. Take it back. I promise you before the Lord, am I right or wrong? Where's where's Pastor Chris? I mean, I'm right. Somebody that's still serving God today in another country, probably watching right now, came into the back office here. He was 18 years old. Gave me all his money, I think 40,000. 40,000 or something like that. He said to me like this, he said, "Lord, I I said, what is this? He said, it's tithe. Now, do I accept money in the right way? Of course, we you know, so I don't think... Okay, I don't ever have to. No, no, you can sow. And, but I, I can, I'm telling you, we hear God. So it comes like, and as I took the money like this, because as a prophet, I must be able to know to receive so that somebody can be blessed. Understand that. White people don't want to understand that. Okay. I, as I took it like this, and I went to my office, I heard the voice of the Lord. And the Lord said, it's not His tithe. He lied to you. So I took the money back. I said, this isn't your tithe. I said, what is, what is it? If this is your tithe, you got 400,000. So this isn't your tithe. I said, take it back. I said, what is this? He said, oh, no, no, it's everything I got. I got this big blessing, something, an inheritance or something. I promise you, the business watching. And uh, I said, take it. It's, it's not that. And they took it back. Today, they're still serving God. If I would have taken that money and I could have, We hear, I can hear if it is a seed or a bribe. Are you guys with me? But you have to be sensitive to the Holy Ghost. So money doesn't move us. We need close to a hundred more for our next project, which will be done soon now. So how are we going to do it? Then people are like, I huff and puff. I'm going to leave this church and they're not going to get my money. Okay. God God is our source. An angel either told me to plant the church or not. And if it doesn't happen, then it doesn't happen. Then it was never God. And then we go and find a job. Okay. So, but then I've seen people come with everything that they have into my house, everything they have. And as they put that money down, they say, I believe you are a prophet and you have breakthrough in this. And the fear of God would come on me. I take that money and the fear of God comes on me. And I get on my knees. It's a man that sent his CB to over 800 places. Lost a very high position in this country as a job. Lost everything, everything from family to properties to everything. Sent his CB to over 800 places, nothing received him. Three days later, the place that let him go phoned him back and asked if he could come back after he gave that seed. Men shall come and give into your. Do you know what bosom means? Mantle. Many people give into a church that doesn't carry a mantle. That's why they're not receiving back. They're giving into a dead in here. Where's the mantle? Where's the prophecies, the healings, the deliverances? Where's the changed lives? Where's the many sons of glory? you must give when it's in a bosom it was a mantle they carried like this and men would come put into your bosom it says give and it shall be given back to you pressed down shaken together running over shall men come and put into your mantle so when it is put into the bosom into the mantle it multiplies are you guys with me? so, so let's go on where we put on Job I need to explain this so Job was rich. Job one. let's go to verse 4. And his sons went and feasted in their houses, every one his day, and sent and called for their three sisters and eat to drink. And so it was in the days of the feasting. Let's go on to verse 6. Now listen to this. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan came also among them. I want like the one translation that calls it this Satan, which is makes it much more accurate. "...came also amongst them. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence come thou? Then Satan answered the Lord, and said, From going to and fro in the earth, and from walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, Have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and upright man, one that fears God and excuses evil? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, does Job Job fear God or not? Nothing. Has not thou made an hedge about him and about his house? And have you not protected him, God? And you blessed all the work of his hand? Let's go to verse 11. Now listen to this. Verse 11. But put forth thine hand. Satan is saying, God, you put forth your hand and touch all that he has and then he will curse you To your face, he says, "I God, if you put your left hand and touch him, he will lose everything, and he will curse you to your face." Are you guys with me? Next verse. Now say with me, your hands. Now listen to the next verse. And the Lord said unto Satan, "Behold, all that he has is in your your power. Only upon himself." Put not forth your hand. Are you guys with me? So God is saying to the devil, I don't want you to put forth your hand. But the devil said to God, you put your hand. And God is saying, you can put your hand on everything that he has, but not on his life. I don't want you to stretch out. So Satan, I want you to stretch out your left hand. Or let me say it rather like this. Satan, you as a hand don't go forth and touch his life. You can touch everything, but you as a hand, don't stretch forth. Are you guys with me? Job chapter number two, it goes through the same sequence. Again, your hand, your hand. So we see God is saying to Satan, you as a hand, devil, you can, don't go forth and take his life, but you can take everything else from him. So, say with me, God is the judge. On the right hand is Jesus, the Advocate. God's right hand is Jesus. His left hand is Satan. Where is the Scripture? You don't understand. Zechariah 3 verse 1. Zechariah 3 verse 1. I'm trying to explain to you the dealings of the adversary called Satanos. Because many people has deified, or, or has deified, is the word deified when you make him a deity and they make him so powerful. And I can't get my laundry done because Satan is attacking me. Hold on. What does it say? And he showed me Joshua, the high priest, Come stand here, John. So you're Joshua. Uh, Audrey, come up. And he showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord. uh, Stand in front of him there. or Turn around. Angel of the Lord, stand there. Stand there. You face Him. You're Joshua. Are you guys with me? And He showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord. Standing before God. Are you guys with me? The angel of the Lord was the Lord Jesus Christ. It was God in this context. Not Jesus Christ, the God. And He showed me me before the angel of the Lord. And Satan standing at His right hand. you Satan there. stand there. Say at His right hand. On His right side. The Bible says that we have an advocate. A lawyer, a high priest that has overcome all temptations and has been tempted by everything in all manner so that He can show compassion to us but He's our advocate and He is our lawyer standing on the right hand of God because the Bible says on the right hand of Joshua is... Satan standing, so on God's left is the accuser, the adversary. On his right is Jesus Christ. So God has a right hand and He has a left hand. Have your seats. Are you guys with me? You've been binding a devil that is God's working in your hands. So let me explain to you what happened with Job. Job was the richest. Everything was good. He experienced the right hand of God. So much so that from the beginning of his days, he was just blessed. And the, and, and the left hand of God began to speak. And said, there's an unbalance here. Because you cannot just have the right hand of blessings. Blessings and not have a balance. So Job never rebuked the devil. I can go through Scripture and Scripture and Job uses these words. He says, I will not curse God for what He is doing to me. And then he goes on, he said, for it is the hand of God. Sometimes he said, it's the good hand of God that is working these things in my life right now. I have to just go through it. And he understood that God had a right hand and that God had a left hand. And he knew that he had the right hand of God his whole life. So the left hand is coming in to bring some, just correction and bring balance because everything in the universe has to have a positive and a negative. To have a battery and a charge, there must be a positive charge and a negative charge. That's why the Ark of the Covenant had a positive and a negative charge. Are you guys with me? Have your seats. So, then you have Jesus that's on the right hand of God. He grows up. He gets to the age of 30. And then He says these words. He said, the Bible says, He had to go into the wilderness to be tempted. He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness so that He can be tempted of the devil, so that He can be exalted to the right hand of the Father. But He had to go into the left hand of God. Otherwise, it would be unfair, and God is a God of scales that balances everything. He goes guys with me? So when the adversary is coming against you, the evil doctrine that has been preached is to say that Satan is the opposer of God. He is the opposer of godly things. But if you really study Scripture, God is the judge and He sits with His right hand and He sits with His left hand. Which means, Babylon is run by his left hand. Cyril is run by his left hand. Because no authority is put into place without God putting them there. Why? So that the right hand of God can be balanced. The thing is that Christians are just praying for the right hand. They want blessings. They want favor. They want pleasures forevermore. But it cannot happen without a balance of the left hand. So Satan comes in as a tutor. The Bible calls him a schoolmaster. To teach you a lesson. Meaning Jesus had to go into a teaching by a, a teacher that Satan can tempt him in the wilderness so that he can be proved... That He is the Son of God. So that He could be tempted in all ways. So there's an adversary against your life. That if you understand the dealings and the workings of God for you, you will know but soon I will be at His right hand. The fullness of joy. Pleasures forevermore. Are you guys with me? I'm not, I'm not close to... To, to, to getting to the point. So the left hand of God schools God's children to become sons. You cannot become a son until you've been schooled by the left hand. No glory comes without suffering. So the left hand of God is manifested through a people who is in the kingdom of darkness. The right hand of God is manifested through the sons of God. Just hold on. Are you guys with me? So you are not part of a left hand company, but you are a right hand company of God. Meaning that you are a Christ generation. What are we preaching when we say that all things have become new, all things become new. Those who are in Christ are a new creation, are a kinos creation a royal priesthood, a chosen generation. If I can awaken you by preaching to your current state and identity, to know that you are not defeated, but the moment that you accepted Jesus Christ, but you are filled with the Spirit. You see, a lot of people have a fake conversion through religion and they never experience born from above. They don't have fullness of joy. That's why I can't love in a church service. I'm serious. Some of you religious or you thought you were, you, you're just a good Christian. No. You haven't experienced the born again experience. You haven't encountered the born again. Born from above. Where your body becomes the temple of the Holy Ghost. The Christos comes on you. And you are full of joy. It doesn't matter what happens. You And there is a desire in you. If there is not a desire in you to want to spend time with God, the Spirit of God is not there. Let me say it as blunt as it is. If the Spirit is in you, He will draw you to be in intimacy with God. From the day that I got saved in a drug den, 18 years, 17 and a half years old, there has not been a moment in my life of backsliding. There has not been a moment in my life of wanting to go back to the world. Every desire in me and hunger in me, I was hungry for more of His presence because I truly encountered a born-again experience. Born from above. Are you guys with me? Many people have fake conversions. They are not genuinely saved. They are saved in possession only. Meaning they possess a faith. Oh sorry, they profess a faith which they don't possess. So they are saved in profession only. They say, oh no, Jesus is Lord. But they never experienced Him as Lord. The Spirit of God has not come upon them as a witness. Their spirit is not bearing witness with the Spirit of God that they are children of God. It's a fake religion. It is time to get born again genuinely. It's nothing that man can do for you, I cannot do for you. It's only by the Spirit of God that can come and grab your heart and shake it and change you. Where now you no longer desire and thirst for the things of the world, but you desire for the things of the Spirit. It's like you have this hunger towards spiritual things. You have hunger towards this intimacy of the Holy Spirit. When you go to bed, you think of Him. When you wake up, you think of Him. People say, oh no, but it's just us. It's not every... No, if you're saved, that is how it is. You are no longer your own, you're bought with a price. You no longer have a say in your own life. Somebody's blood has purchased you. You go to bed with a burning desire in your heart. You wake up with a burning desire in your heart. Everything you want to do is entered into the destiny that God has for you. You want to please Him. You want to worship Him. It is the Spirit of God that puts it in you because the born-again process was true. For, I was 18 years in the church. And I thought I was a Christian. Are you guys with me? Because it's an apostasy that tells you Jesus died for you. It's a reform gospel that tells you Jesus died for you. Don't worry. That's why we do baby, what is it? Baptisms. Because they believe you are the elect. So if they baptize you, you're part of the elect. Heaven is your destination. And that is, the devil has lied to many 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 years. I'm speaking the truth. You come out of that baptism, or that you okay, you're christened when you were young, and then you go through Catholicism, or what got Kasasi, Catholicism, and you're just part of the elect. Jesus died for me. I'm heaven. No, you're not going to you've never received a born-again experience. The born-again experience is born from above. The Christos, the anointing resting on you, changing your heart, lifting a veil from your eyes. You're full of joy. Then you get into a church where you're discipled, you're trained, you actually want to serve. And you're no longer for the things of the world, you're serving the kingdom. Every word that comes out of it, the moment I got saved, there was not, not one friend I had that I did not preach the gospel to. Every single one of them I preached the gospel to. They didn't all get saved, but there was a fire in me that was uncontainable. Because I experienced the Savior. I experienced one who filled me and saved me. And I had to share with the world about Him. Not because the religion told me so, because I genuinely encountered Him. The Holy Spirit walked into my room and sat next to me on my bed, opened up the Scriptures to me and opened up the Word to me and I devoured the Word for many months. Are you guys with me? So where is Christ? Let's go to Colossians 3 verse 1. Colossians 3, verse 1. Almost done, don't worry. If you then being risen by Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sits on the right hand of God. So the right hand of God. Seek those things. I don't know. Go through Revelation 3, verse 21. Revelation 3, verse 21. I'm just reading scriptures to you, don't worry. Him that overcomes will I grant to sit with me in my throne. In my throne. Let's go to Psalm 118 verse 15. Psalm 118 verse 15. You can just watch on the screen. Psalm 118 verse 15. The voice of rejoicing and salvation is in the tabernacles of the righteous. So the rejoicing and salvation it says it is in you The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. In in another translation it says, the right hand of the Lord exalts you. Are you guys with me? Ah. Let's go to Acts 2, verse 33. Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted. Say with me, Exalted. The right hand of God is not a location. It is a state of authority. I haven't, what I say to you, Jesus is on the right hand. The accuser is on the left hand. Jesus is the right hand of the Father. The accuser is the left hand. He is the adversary. A lot of people try to make God's opposite Satan. The problem with that theology is that we lower God to the level of Satan. Trust me, the devil is employed by Him. If you've ever casted out demons, you will understand. They have to obey. It's not a question if or how they have to obey. They are employed by Him. They were originally created by Him. All things are of Him. All things. That means every bad thing that happens to you is of God. You need to understand the workings and the dealings. Okay, Job, I mean, Job's, like Job, we say, we, you know, our theology, our churchology has told us this. Uh, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to have to, I don't know if I have to say this. <laughs> sickness is not of God. But yet, Job was struck with sickness. We misunderstand the dealings of God and then we don't know how to respond to it. No curse is originated from Satan. Every curse, the first curse in the Bible comes from your God that you serve. The devil never cursed anyone. Never. There's not one scripture where the devil cursed. They tried. Jezebel tried. When Balaam tried to curse who was a prophet of God, he said, I cannot curse whom God has blessed. Meaning the blessing is irreversible. But it is God that can curse and it is God that can bless. Are you guys with me? Let's 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 go on. So what am I preaching? I'm preaching present day truth. Present, healthy Present day truth. Let's go. Let's go a little bit deeper. So the reason I'm saying present day truth because I'm going to mention some things that kind of make you upset. But we'll be finished right now. Go to Matthew twenty six verse sixty four. Why am I speaking about the right hand of God? Right hand is Jesus Christ, but there's more to it. Are you guys with me? When the Bible says, I cast out devils by the finger of God, you must know that the kingdom of God has come upon you. What is the finger? People think that God's finger, no, you are His finger. The body is His hand. You are His fingers. So He sends you forth to cast out devils. When Jesus says, I cast out devils by the finger of God, He said, I cast out devils through you, by you. I use you as the finger. What is the finger? It is the Holy Ghost, the power of God clothed in human flesh. Are you guys with me? So many people of us, we we go and we think, I have to pray so before God can use me. You are the fullness of God. You are His fullness. The Bible either lies or speaks truth. The fullness of the God that dwells inside of you. Where you walk, he walks. Where you talk, he talks. You just don't know how to release power that you come into a room that you can speak. And if there is a devil, that devil will shake. If there's people that can sense his presence, because his presence comes out of you. But it comes by revelation. So with you, revelation. So let's go Matthew 26, verse 64. Let me just explain to you a mystery. so with me a mystery. It's not eschatology, it's a mystery. The eschatology will open up in a global school of ministry because it's very important. Hereafter you shall see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand. Am I right? Wait, wait. Yeah, yeah. Hereafter shall you see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power. Read the following and say, and... Okay, does it say coming to? It says coming in. Where is Jesus now? Where's Christ now? Huh? In his what? Where's Christ? In you. If you don't know that, you're not a Christian. There's nothing tricky about it. Christ in me, the hope of glory. I'm crucified with Christ so that Christ that lives in me. Are you guys with me? So listen, sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. So they're coming in. Let's go on. Let's go on. I'm speaking prophetic now. I'm not speaking eschatology. When I'm speaking about the clouds of heaven, you see the visible, invisible one becoming visible. Let's go to Acts chapter number 2, verse 33. Acts chapter number 2, verse 33. Therefore, read it for me there. Therefore, being exalted exalted Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted, and having received the Father, the promise of the Lord, He hath shed forth this, which you see now, which you see now and here. Say with me: He has shed forth this. What happened at Acts two? The Holy Ghost was poured out. So, when they were saying this word, they said, "Being at the right hand of God exalted, He has shed forth this. What is happening now?" What you see here and now where the Holy Ghost is poured out. Let's go Hebrews chapter number 12 verse 1. Because I want to say to you the true meaning of the clouds of heaven. When the Bible says He shall come, Ian, say with me Ian. I said to you there's an appearance that is different to the coming. When was that? Sunday? It says when He shall appear, you shall have boldness in the day of His coming. So there's a time that He will appear. And there's a time of His coming that is actually coming. So the day of His appearance is when He makes His dwelling in you. Many Christians don't know how to manifest Him so that others can experience Him. The Bible says when you look at one another, you should be seeing Jesus. He goes guys with me? What is a cloud? Hebrews chapter number 12 verse 1. Wherefore seeing we also come past about with a great cloud. Of witnesses, The word witness means saints. Say with me saints. So actually what it is saying, a great cloud of saints, or it means a great cloud of ministries. A great cloud of ministries. Witnesses is ministries. Meaning that when Jesus comes in a cloud, He's waiting for a company of people to rise up which is called the right-handed company of people. It is a Christ generation, a 42nd generation. People who know their new created identity, who know that it's no longer them who live, but it is Christ that lives and dwells inside of them. That when people will see Christ's appearance in them, they'll be ready and bold for His coming. That He is not coming for a defeated church, for a victorious church. is waiting for the man-child to rise up and the church to become mature and to become perfect. And we usher in His coming. Whether we are complete and mature or not. So unless the gospel of the kingdom is preached, He is not coming. He is waiting for the church to become mature. Are you guys with me? Let's go on. So every time, I'm almost done, almost done. I think five minutes. I'm going to get to the punchline, just don't mm-hmm. worry. So the cloud, He will come in clouds. So He will come in clouds. Every time the Bible speaks of clouds, it's speaking of ministries. And it's speaking of ministries that are empty or ministries that are full. Go to Proverbs 25 verse 14. Let me give you scriptures. Proverbs 25 14. Whoso boasteth himself as of a false gift is like clouds, And wind without rain. So he says the ministers that act like they have a gift, but they have a false gift. They are clouds without water, clouds without rain. So whenever the Bible refers to clouds, it's speaking of ministries. Are you guys with me? One interpretation, let me give you another one. Ephesians 4, verse 14. Ephesians 4, verse 14 clouds and winds that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro carried about with every wind of doctrine are you guys with me? every wind of doctrine and I can go into even into Jude uh, 12 And I can go into 2 Peter 2 verse 17 where it says that they are clouds without water. They are ministries that can preach but there's no water falling on you. Or they can worship but there's no presence that is coming upon people. They are clouds without water. They cannot rain. Go Ecclesiastics 11 verse 3. What is a ministry that is of God? Ecclesiastics 11 verse 3. If the clouds be full of rain and they empty themselves upon the earth, And if the tree falls towards the south, say with me, empty themselves. So God's desire is for a cloud to be full, for a ministry to carry substance, that they can empty themselves upon people. Why are we preaching and people are jumping up and down? It's because they are catching a rain that is falling. You can be in some church and try to preach, it's like people just sit and look at you. But why? It's rain, it's clouds that are emptying itself. It's rain that is falling. So you have false ministries that are preaching and they are empty. And rain is not falling upon the people. Their spirits are not nourished. Are you guys with me? So Jesus is saying, there are clouds that I'm coming back in when I come. And when I come, I'm not coming on these clouds. I'm not coming with these clouds. I am coming in these clouds so that i may open you a window of heaven not open a window open you the window of heaven because i will come in a cloud so when ministries raise up to become mature my coming is going to come in these ministries in these people and i will come and appear myself and receive my church let's go on are you guys with me so say with me in a cloud Matthew twenty four verse thirty. Let me give you some scriptures. Matthew twenty four verse thirty. Matthew twenty four verse thirty. Just be quick with the verses, please, guys. Matthew twenty four verse thirty. And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and there shall be the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds. Let's go. Luke twenty one verse twenty seven. Luke twenty one verse twenty seven. Luke 21 verse 7 and they shall see the Son of Man coming in a cloud. So, with me, in a cloud. I read to Matthew 26 verse 64 earlier. It says, in a cloud. Are you guys with me? And I can go to Revelation where it says, in clouds, with clouds, but it doesn't say he will come to the clouds, he will come through a church that is called the man child. That is the mature church. That is why I've given apostles and prophets. Go with me to Habakkuk chapter number three, verse three. So with you, the right hand of God. Who is the right hand of God? It's Jesus and it is the devil. But I want to go deeper just to close it off. What is in His hand? God came from Tenan, Teman and the Holy One from Mount Paran. Selah. his glory covered the heavens and the earth was full of his praise. Verse 24. Read for me, verse 4. And his. So, hiding of his power. Where? In his hand. So, in the hand of God is power. Every time the Bible says that God stretched forth His hand, power was released. Let's go to. Let me explain. Let's go to Deuteronomy twenty-six verse eight. We're almost done. Deuteronomy twenty-six verse eight. And the Lord brought us forth out of Egypt with a mighty hand and with an outstretched arm and with a terribleness, with the signs and with wonders. So every time God stretched out His hand, certainly the right hand of God. Let's, let's go on, Acts 4 verse 29. We close now. I just want to get to the point, Acts 4 verse 29. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy words by stretching forth thine hand to heal And that signs and wonders may be done by the name of the Holy Child. Listen. So the apostles were praying. And they said, God, we pray that You will look upon our persecutions. And that You will stretch out Your hands. And as You stretch out Your hand, that You will do mighty signs, wonders, and miracles. So whenever God's right hand was stretched, it means signs, wonders, and miracles was done. Are you guys with me? Let's go on. Let's go to uh, Acts 5 verse 12. And by the hands, so with you the hands, of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people. And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. Let's go to Acts 14 verse 3. Acts 14 verse 3. Long time therefore abode, they speaking boldly in the Lord, which gave testimony unto the word of His grace and granted signs and wonders to be done by their hands. God never said lay your feet on somebody. He never said put your, He said put your hand because as you put your hand, it is my hand. But wait, where's power hidden? Where's the power of the Holy Spirit? On some are you guys? Are you awake? Where's the power of the Holy Ghost? But the Bible says the power is hidden in his hands. Where are you right now? Let's go, John 10, verse 27. John 10, verse 27. My sheep hear my voice and know them, and I follow me. And I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Next verse. My Father which gave them me is greater than all and no man is able to pluck them. Say with me then Say pluck us out of the Father's hands. So if power is found in His hands and you are in His hands and His hand is stretched forth, that means every time we preach the words, we are going forth as God's hands because Jesus is His right hand. But He is the firstborn of many brethren, which means as Jesus is, you are. Which means when you go forth, And you do signs, wonders, and miracles. You move as the right hand of power. But you cannot get to the right hand unless you have the left hand activated, which means He will take you through death. The adversary will come against you. But us who are in the perfect will of God, that everything that comes against us, that all things are working together. Say with me, all things, are working together for the good, for His purpose, for those of us who are walking in His purpose, which means it doesn't matter what the devil is doing. It is the left hand of God bringing a balance so that as Christ was raised to the right hand of God, that you can be in His hand at the right hand of God. And as He tests you, it is to bring a balance so that power can flow the glory of God in the ark of the covenant stand to your feet so long. The glory of God when it was carried in the ark, it had a positive and it has a negative. And the moment it had a positive and a negative power could flow. So when Uzzah tried to stop the ark from falling, the ark was falling and Uzzah caught the ark. And as he touched the ark, he was earthed Because the ark was mandated to be carried by holy priests. They were anointed and consecrated to carry power. I've seen people get close to the ministry or close to us. And they are short-circuited. Because their character was not ready to carry power. You guys with me? Their character was not ready to carry power. We've had people... One guy, hundreds of millions. Character couldn't carry power. God would not allow him close to his glory. People think this thing can be started by a thought. Why are we doing importation tonight? So that you can know you are the right-handed company of his presence. Where you are at work, you are his right-handed work. Something bad happens, it's the left hand of God. See as the dealings of God, He's bringing power because He's shaping your character to carry the next level of glory. So that you can go to the next level. We have four or five TV shows, four TV shows coming about about it, or four stories, two stories, two TV shows, three TV shows, I'm not exactly sure, coming out against us. So what, what is happening? It's the dealings of God. The one came, it failed. What did it do? It just made people interests. Nobody has ever brought it up and said that it is, no, 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 no. It is the faith. If they only knew that they were crucifying the Lord of glory, they would have never done so. Meaning, if they knew that they were the left hand of God actually, working Jesus to His purpose, And putting Him on the cross so that He can be bringing forth many sons. Who was Judas? He was the left hand. Who was Pharaoh? The left hand. Hundreds of years before Pharaoh God prophesied, my children will be bound in slavery. He raised up Pharaoh and hardened Pharaoh's heart. that the Israelites could be tested. What is happening? The left hand of God balancing with the right hand of God. Stop binding the devil when it is the workings of God in your life. He is busy trying to shape your character so that you can be promoted out of the wilderness because the moment Jesus overcame the left hand the Bible says he walked out of the wilderness with the power of the Holy Ghost upon his life and the first miracle he did he went into a wedding and turned water into wine and he fulfilled and he was a reality of the type of shadow where Moses' first miracle was water to blood and Jesus said I'm not turning it to blood that means death I'm taking it from water to wine which is a present of the Holy Ghost. Are you guys with me? And then He went from there and He cast out a demon. And then He went from there and He raised somebody from the dead. Why? He could maintain and move in the right hand because the left hand has been balanced and He endures suffering. Christians don't want to endure suffering because they keep thinking it's the devil and they just want the right hand and things are out of balance. Raise your hands to the Lord. We're gonna pray for you just now. Raise your hands. Broskare dele besketae, zeska noska aleske dele baya, le danoske evreke naske dele baya, le danos avreke na mam broskare dele bena maia, la avroskare dele bena maskote. So this is Holy Ghost. Let your two hands work in my life. As you're standing like this, I want you to receive and we're gonna pray for everyone right now. I haven't even gotten into the hidden hand. I haven't gotten into Moses putting his hand in his bosom. I haven't even gotten into the hand of God and many other facets. Just know you are the right hand of God. Wherever you go, you are the walking, talking right hand. Satan is the left hand, but he has no power except for what God gives him. God allowed him to work in Job's life. God even allowed him to work in Jesus' life. Every step, every aspect, God allowed it to work. Jesus knew, I am now being tempted by the devil. And He went through it. So that he could be exalted. Are you guys with me? We have made up many doctrines, and it has kept the church in a defeatism mentality, and people have warfare on things that is iridic- that is ridiculous, and people fight this one and that one, and say this enemy is coming them against them while they're not submitting to the dealings of God. And if they know, how do I go through this thing? I am broken. I am humble. I go through it, I serve God, it doesn't matter what suffering I go through. This is a time because God will lift me. Those who are humble under the mighty hand of God, He will lift. When God lifts, He takes His right hand and He lifts somebody. And the day of your lifting, people will know that you are lifted. When David was lifted, he was lifted in the presence of his brothers, in the midst of his brothers, and everybody saw the lifting of David. People just don't like the putting down of the left hand, trying to push them away. What does the left hand do? It pushes a person away. The right hand causes you to come close. Does it make sense to you? Raise your hands one more time. So if you say, Holy Spirit, I receive your workings, the blessing of God in Jesus' mighty name. Say with you this, I receive the right hand of power in Jesus' name. Amen. As you're standing like this, we're gonna begin to pray for you right now, but listen to this just as you're standing. Was it Joseph that blessed Manasseh and Ephraim. Let me show you something. Say with you the right hand. Joseph was standing. It was Joseph, eh? Joseph was standing and his two sons were there. Manasseh and Ephraim. And he wanted to put his right hand on Manasseh and his left hand on Ephraim. Get two people for me up here quickly. Just get on your knees. So let me show you. So Joseph was going like this. He was putting Ephraim, Manasseh. And as he wanted to bless Manasseh, God said, no, shift your hands. And the Bible says that Joseph switched his hands and he put his left hand on Manasseh and he put his right hand on Ephraim because the left hand is for judgment. The right hand is for blessing. Whenever the right hand comes, it is fullness of joy. Pleasures forevermore. Pleasures forevermore is the blessing. When the left hand comes, it's judgment. As a prophet, if we lay a left hand on somebody in terms of prophetic and order, you must know it is judgment. When it's a right hand and God moved and He said, the right hand is blessing. I want that one to be blessed. You shift the hands. It's the right hand of power because left always means judgment. The one on the left hand will be pushed away. The one on the right hand will be drawn closer. Are you guys with me?